0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for the telecast. Brought to you by... The GeekCast Radio Network. It's time for the t- i For the show, Optimus Solo.
1: Thank you once again, Mouse, Chipmunk, and Guy with the Really Deep Voice. As they said, I'm your host, Optimus Solo, and I would like to say hello and welcome to the 31st episode of the Telecast, brought to you by the GeekCast Radio Network. Today, we're going to be talking about... That's right, folks. We were talking about The Elephant Show, also known as Sharon, Lois, and Bram's The Elephant Show. And before we get too far into our discussion, here's a little background information on the show. Debuted, at least in the U.S., on 1984 and ran until 1989. In the U.S., it was playing on Nickelodeon. JT, I believe, it was running on a C... Is there a CBC?
2: Yeah, the Canadian broadcasting company, CBC... And I believe reruns also uh, ran on a kids' channel, YTV. I don't know if that actually stands for youth television or not. But, yeah, reruns ran on there into the the mid-'90s with the show.
1: Gotcha. Um, The show length was 30 minutes. It ran for five seasons and spanned 65 episodes. For those of you that don't know, The Elephant Show was comprised of Sharon, Lois, and Bram, A uh, non-speaking, tuba-voiced elephant, and uh, together with uh, a couple of recurring characters and a bunch of guests, they sang songs, they helped children with their problems, they had adventures in places like their kitchen, their yard, the school, the fire station, and a multitude of other different places. And uh, JT is back with me here for this episode of the telecast. So JT, what are your memories of The Elephant Show?
2: I wanted Elephant in my life as a child. (laughs)
1: Like, I I just remember, like, here's the weird
2: dichotomy of JT from Saskatoon. I loved Elephant. Like, I I wanted to hang out with Elephant. I remember this very vividly as a child because Elephant just went, you know, he's playing on computers. He's napping in the park. Like, he was just having all this fun, like, just bopping around, doing whatever he wants. On the other hand, at least for a while, when I I remember when I was a kid and I was first introduced to the show, Bram scared the hell out of me, (laughs)
1: because
2: he just and it's not that he's like a mean guy. Like I've seen interviews with him on YouTube, like he's the friendliest man you'll ever meet. It's just he has that really Joker-like shark grin that, as a child, you know, and I hadn't really been uh, exposed to a lot of stuff yet, it just kind of frightened me the first few times. And then you know, I got into like listening to the songs and. Uh I think when this is where my love of the inner cut joke like the family Guy aside jokes, you know where they right. cut completely another scheme, they had a lot of that in the Elephant Show or Sharon Lois and Bram or Sharon Lois like that was the confusing thing when you'd try to look in the t v guide and, and you would find one like c b c would have Sharon Lois and Bram, and then there's the Elephant Show. So I'd watch Sharon Lois and Bram, then I'd go watch the Elephant Show, and then I would basically watch a rerun. Right. So, but no, I I love the show. It, it was like one of those first, like with the music, and I loved all the like the goofy jokes. And my favorite out of the three was probably Lois, because she just seemed. I, I remember I, like in preparing for the show, I watched like the first three episodes are on YouTube on uh I think of the Sharon Lois and Bram channel and Lois just always she was the one that do a lot a lot of the goofy little like inner cut chick gags and such like that. And not that, you know, Sharon or Bram weren't funny either. It's just I think she had more of that comedic sort of sensibilities to what she did in the show. And I mean overall it's just you can't watch the show and not smile. Yeah. You know, very it, true. I mean, especially when Elephant's on screen, because Elephant was my boy.
1: Now, what, how much do you, before you watched the episodes in, the, in preparation for this episode, um, you know, if I had just said The Elephant Show, or Sharon Lewis and Bram's The Elephant Show, uh, what types of things did you remember just strictly from your childhood before watching any of the episodes? Like, what things stuck with you the most over the last, uh, you know, 20 some years? 30 uh, years almost? Elephant. Mm-hmm. Eric Nagler, Cause because we'll I, I talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, in suit, like, but, he,
2: but yeah, I mean he's like the kind of like the fifth Beetle of the show. Uh, <laughs> I remember him and uh, the theme, the the intro and like the theme song. Like one little elephant came out to play <laughs> dancing on a spider web. You know, just I remember that. Then I remember you know the. Skinner-Marinky-dinky-dink, uh, the outro song, which would end with the three elephants doing this little soft shoe piece on a spider's web, and then just, right. you know, they, they do that flourish, and then the spider is clapping, and then the spider turns around and says, this has been a Cambian perfection, you know, and that's what kind of, st- those are the things that stuck with me the most.
1: Yeah, I didn't remember as much about the actual format of the show. I knew there was singing involved, Um, I obviously remembered the character of the elephant. Um, I remember, like you said, the the intro song, the outro song, and a couple songs that played at various times – possibly only in one episode, maybe recurring episodes, but there are certain songs that I just remember hearing from Sharon Lewis and Bram um, that we'll get into a, a little bit later. But uh, definitely the music and, and the character of the elephant I remembered. I didn't really remember too much about the format of the show and, and what it comprised of besides music. Um, you know, I don't I didn't know think how there they
2: was and- a lot of... Uh, I don't think there was any kind of set format. Like, they had recurring bits, but... Right. There wasn't really a structure, at least that I can recall.
1: Right, and that's what I couldn't remember off the top of my head without watching a few of the episodes. Now, when I watch a few of the episodes, I remember certain things that I, I'm pretty sure were recurring. Um, and But as you said, the format was kind of just a free-for-all, um, which we'll get into. But, yeah, the main things that I remember, like you, is the elephant character, the, the intro, the outro, you know, skimmerinky dinky um that type of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean... A lot of good memories about Sharon Lewis and Bram, and I think maybe what I equated it to and why I was somewhat interested in the show, besides that I was watching a lot of Nickelodeon at that time, um, you know, Mr. Wizard's World, uh, the today's special, The Elephant Show, um, kind of the pre-popularity stage of Nickelodeon. You know, you, you talk to a lot of kids these days or, or you know, young adults these days, and you say Nickelodeon and, you know, ask the question, what's the earliest Nickelodeon show that you can think of? Most people aren't going to go back this far. Most people are going to start closer to the mid-90s um, type thing. The dude or something. Hey, dude, Clarissa explains it all. Are you afraid of the dark? Um, Salute your shorts. That's the stuff that they're going to think is their list. And there was a whole bunch of stuff with Pinwheel and The Elephant Show and, like I said, some of those other shows that kind of predated that. Um, And I was watching a lot of – my family apparently was watching a lot of Nickelodeon at this time because I have very fond memories of most of them, but uh, I got sidetracked a little bit. But uh, something else that my family uh, watched uh, usually every December was we watched a lot of – the televised concerts of Peter, Paul, and Mary. And uh, most people should be familiar with who Peter, Paul, and Mary are. If, if not, I apologize that you missed out uh, of some what little chunk of awesomeness. But uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary are basically folk singers, um, and they, they did a – awesome Christmas concert uh, that was televised. I'm pretty sure it was the same thing that was televised every year. I don't think it was ever like different ones. Um, But I was a huge fan of of Peter, Paul, and Mary and that style of singing and and how fun it was and and the the lyrics to the songs. And so when I first saw or experienced The Elephant Show, to me, Sharon, Lewis and Bram reminded me a lot of them. Um, Possibly in more of a, uh, like a, more of a childish version of that, not saying Peter and Paul and Mary don't have like songs aimed at younger children, but it seemed like it was maybe a little bit step up in the way, the complexity of it, perhaps Mm -hmm. where Sharon Lewis and Bram were just more off the cuff, fun songs that just could mean something, could mean nothing. Um, whereas I think Peter Paul and Mary's songs had a little bit more emotional tug to them. But I I was a huge fan of Peter Paul and Mary, so when I saw Sharon Lewis and Bram on on The Elephant Show, to me it was something that I could could identify with right away. And I was like, oh, these are like these other guys, and I like them, so I'll give them a shot.
2: Yeah. It's just definitely for me, I mean, it was the absolute favorite thing that I still recall and love the most was that the music, I mean... The fact that the majority of the performances was, you know, you'd have, like, Bram or, you know, Sharon or Lois. It, it would have that one-on-one with this group of kids, and mm-hmm. they would never talk to the kids. Like, they would never talk down to the kids. Not that adults, like, m- meaning, like, talk down in, like, an insulting way. It's just they treated the kids, like, equals, you know. it just... Hey, come on, guys! Gather around. You know, we're gonna sing a song, and you know, he, right. he, they'd finish a verse, and then they would explain why it goes like this, or they'd tell a little joke. And it's the, it's the way they treated kids, I think, is what a lot of people grabbed onto with Sharon Lois and Bram. So,
1: and it also had that sound of music touch where the where whoever it was, Sharon Lois or Bram, were kind of like uh, you know um, Julie Andrews' character where. They're teaching the kids also either something about um, music in general or mm-hmm. composition or how verses work and choruses work or how uh, um, different languages or dialects or different things like they would they would in infuse teaching into the song where it's almost where it would fool the kids into, into learning where it's not like, hey kids, we're gonna teach you something, it's we're gonna sing a song and in the process I'm gonna teach you something that you're not even gonna be well, knowing they, you're
2: they, learning. Yeah, I mean you would learn stuff. I mean, like I said, I watched a couple of the episodes on YouTube. Uh in like the first episode, uh Bram is uh teaching these kids like this kind of traditional Scottish like children's song and he's you know, explaining to them like how to get the you know, your tongue, You know, he's right. te- he's teaching them without teaching them, or at least he's not trying to trick them. He's he's learning them without
1: yeah, making teaching it, them what certain words might mean that they're yeah. not used to. And or it's like it's, with. it
2: he makes it fun. It's not a chore as we kids of that age would think. Most kids think learning is sometimes it's just I don't need to know this. You know, but he made it right. fun. Like they made it fun. I mean, he's teaching them how to basically do a scottish accent while teaching them a scottish song and teaching them like certain words in scottish i mean for a specific example so but yeah it's this the music man that's if you can't (laughs) like i said before you can't watch this show and not smile
1: and if you can't there's something wrong with you oh
2: on a troubling level (laughs) all right plus there's the magic of elephant
1: There's always the Magic of Elephant. We'll get more into him here in a little bit and everything that he was composed of and why we liked him so much. Um, So, all right, it is time for the Who's Who of the Elephant Show. Um, Not a big mystery here because they're basically playing themselves, so there's not a lot to the Who's Who, but um, as far as the Elephant goes, uh, the person inside the costume's name was Paula Galavan, and, of course, the Elephant does not speak, uh, usually the elephant um, vocalizes things through the use of a tuba, which somebody was playing, obviously, um, for a mic in a different area. Um, so that's what the elephant consisted of. Then we have Sharon, whose name uh, was Sharon Hampson, uh, Lois Lillianstein, and Bram Morrison. That's a cool name, Bram Morrison. Um, two of those uh, individuals were from, Sharon and Bram are both from Toronto originally, I believe, and uh, Lois was from Chicago, Illinois. So, the fact that I'm in Illinois and you're in Canada uh, seems perfect match here for this episode. Oh yeah. And uh, and then we had a recurring uh, individual who you mentioned before, Eric Nagler, who uh, was in just about every episode, I believe. Oh yeah. Um, without watching all 65, I can't attest to that for 100. percent But I do remember him being a key part of of the cast. He just it didn't fit with the name. You can't have Sharon Lois Bram and Eric and elephant show i guess it's too much um so it's sharon lewis and bram were the, the main trio and then eric had his own little skit sometimes interacted with the group sometimes did not but obviously like i said they're all playing themselves they're not necessarily i mean they are, they do play characters quote unquote i guess but not uh it's in like the traditional sense exaggerations of their actual personalities let's right. say right yeah um who did you, you, you said you were drawn to one more than the other well,
2: of the main three, uh, like, Lois was my favorite because, like I said, she did the more – she was a little more wacky than Sharon or Bram. You know, she did a lot more of the slapstickish kind of jokes, like juggling scarves, level three, and you, you see her <laughs> flipping in the air, and then she just sinking lower to ground because she's, like, just tiring herself out trying to juggle these things. And I liked Eric, too, and I think it, it was a combination of his skill as a performer and just the way he looked, because he had, like, this kind of high pattern baldness starting to go on, and he had the right. ginger hair just kind of going up everywhere. He had that big, bushy beard, and, and he's just, like, the night, warmest, nicest guy. Like, you wanted to hang out with this dude. Like, he just made everything seem fun, and plus, he made me grow to love and respect the banjo.
1: Yeah, and, a lot and of other instruments, probably.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I love oh. him whenever he played bongo drums with, like, upturned
1: pails. Yeah that, that was my and thing. For me he was kind of like that uh he was like the fun uncle or the best friend's dad that you would know possibly yeah. or that would fill a would be a cool dad of a best friend or would be a cool uh uncle or older you know cousin of some sort or or, yeah. or something like that. Like he just seemed like a lot of fun to hang out with. Like he's the one that would entertain you. He would make you laugh. He would you know, the the type of family member that would all of a sudden pull out a magic trick or, or do something like that. Like that seems to be like what he would be he'd be fun to hang out with. Um I wasn't as scared uh necessarily I guess of of Bram. Um uh, I was such a I was a complete
2: wuss <laughs> as a kid, so I'm not he, kidding he, so it came on and he'd grin and I'd be like ah! <laughs>
1: He reminded me probably the most of Peter Paul and Mary uh, as kind of a combination of Peter and Paul there. Um and for me it was just kind of a warm uh, welcoming father type figure on the show whereas you know you have Eric who maybe filled more of like the older uncle type role. Uh Bram seemed very much like that dad or like the teacher. Um you know one of your favorite teachers from elementary school or something something like that. Uh where he had like a warm uh you know, even though a smile might have been creepy to you and some others, um, but a warm aura to him, yet uh, an intelligent, experienced um, individual who wasn't afraid of singing, having fun and that type of thing. And I think that's one of the things is, you know, growing up uh, in certain areas, maybe not in all areas in the world, and especially maybe not in today's society as much as it was when we were growing up. But when we were growing up, uh, you know, when your school had like a um, the option to be in like a choir Uh, those classes would end up being 90% female. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, at least where I was around, you had the choice. You could be in, um, you know, band or choir or study hall or this, that, and the other, and uh, it was the girls that were in choir. Guys didn't go into choir, even if they wanted to sing, because when you're in middle school, it's all about, you know, what everybody else thinks, unfortunately. (laughs) You're brainwashed. Not to be an individual, so to speak, but to to blend in so you don't have to deal with the harassment and the bullying or whatever. So, you know, you weren't in choir if you were a guy, et cetera. So for me, maybe seeing this show, and it, it might have been the same reason why I like Peter, Paul, and Mary, because those were guys that were not your traditional pop singer or country singer or something like that. These were guys who were not afraid to sing In this style, kids' songs, just having fun with music in general. And for me, you know, that was a cool example because I didn't have a lot of that exposure in my world to to grown men who weren't afraid to do this type of thing. Yeah, And I think it strengthened my love of music, my love of theater, My uh, made me not insecure when it came time to high school and to trying out for drama and trying out for theater. I was all for it. I didn't care at that point because I've seen enough guys who did it, and I knew it wasn't just about, you know, this is for girls type thing.
2: Yeah. No, and, and the one thing I was thinking of when I was doing my research for this is they – kind of personify this whole kid friendly like the kids they, they were one of the biggest stars of this whole kid jo- show genre that came through like the 80s and into the early 90s and you can't really do stuff like this now mainly because the current generation of toddlers are suffering from every permutation of ADHD there is right like no one wants to sit and stay and watch something that is really on a lot of levels pure because Sharon Lewis and Bram were all about entertaining kids, educating kids, you know, get exposing them to different types of music, different types of songs. And you just don't have that anymore. We have Bieber, you know, and it makes me sad a little bit in the inside when I think about that.
1: Well, the stuff that plays, Nowadays, and I'm not obviously super in touch with uh, with all things that are planned for, for for the younger audiences. I watch a little of this and a little of that, um, and there is some pure stuff out there. There is some just genuine, good, uh, morally-based things or whatever it might be, but then we also have a whole bunch of stuff like on the Disney Channel and, and uh, Nickelodeon these days that just doesn't fit the mold of the type of stuff we're talking about with things like The Elephant it's, Show.
2: It's not our Nickelodeon anymore.
1: Yeah. But I mean, even the stuff that is geared toward kids is not the same type of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more sitcom Or it's, um, it's
2: more, it's more, uh, just, it's so much product.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like it seems, cause I mean, you look at stuff like there's that, uh, I don't even, Hey Mickey or whatever, like the current, like Mickey Mouse cartoon you have, mm-hmm. of, like Nick Jr., Disney Jr., whatever, where it's all CGI and it's just, Really, it it doesn't have the magic of those original cartoons. I mean, and you. Well, see,
1: and even if you even if you take cartoons out of it and just look at what's available live action yeah, wise yeah. for kids, it's just these it, days it's, it's not the same. It's
2: it, it's not going to affect them that much. I mean, you show a kid from today these uh, an episode of Sharon Lewis and Bram, they're. I think it would affect them more than like the new episode of like iCarly or some show right, like that's that. That's what I'm saying.
1: It's, it's much more. I mean, you don't have a show, a live action kid show out there that can compare to the Mickey Mouse, um, the Mickey Mouse show. What am I talking about? Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. Um, or 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 the Elephant Show. You don't have a live action kid show out there that can compare to Mr. Wizard or Beekman's World or or Bill Nye. Um, you don't have kind of that more educational based or arts based thing. It just seems like it's much more in the vein of sitcoms and reality type shows geared towards kids. And I just think they're missing a big chunk of stuff that helped uh, develop the intelligence of, of, of a portion of our generation, at least.
2: I wouldn't even say help. Dig- like it, not that intelligence wasn't, you know, developed. I think it's just, or an
1: appreciation of the arts.
2: Maybe. Well, yeah, it's just you to learn to grow outside your own, you know, go outside the box, discover, try new things, and a lot of kids shows today just don't have the soul that Sharon Lois and Bram had, or or have, because yeah. I mean they're they're still performing, so it's just I agree, it's just man,
1: we <laughs> sound like grumpy old men.
2: Oh God. That's, Change the topic, man. Change the topic.
1: You sound like tfg on Mike. I'm just kidding, Mike. Uh, okay. uh, <laughs> low blow. Low blow. Low blow. All right. Then for the first time in a long time, it is time for... The good. The bad. The ugly. That's right. It is time for the good, the bad, and the ugly of Sharon Lois and Bram's The Elephant Show. Um... For you, uh, what are the good things about the uh, good parts about this show? I mean, I know we've talked about a few of them already, but what kind of things stood out uh, that you liked the best about this show, either I, as a kid or or watching it back?
2: Well, like I said, you know, as a kid, definitely loved Elephant. I mean, and as you said, Paula Gallivan, you know, like it's a credit to her to how much I loved Elephant because I mean, Elephant's expression never changed. Like they never put like different eyes on him to like carry over emotions. It was all Paula's acting. Like the way she, elephant. And there was a
1: lot of acting involved. There. Oh
2: yeah. And it is all physical acting. Like it's not, she never like elephant never said a word ever. And it's, it, it. one of my favorite things was elephant. Cause I mean, like I said, I wanted to hang out with elephant as a kid. I remember this clearly. And just, you know, that, that tilt of the head and the shrug of the shoulders and, just the enter the pep in her step whenever she was doing those like uh, you know, like the scenes with elephant where he's always off you know he's going to school he's walking through the park he's at the grocery store which I would have loved to have been in the meeting when they walked <laughs> into a grocery store so look we're gonna bring in this woman she's gonna dress like an elephant she's just gonna bop up and down the aisles we're gonna record it and they're like okay
1: go for it yeah
2: that's uh, how much money you've given us oh hell break some jars or something but no i loved elephant and i like i said before i like the fact that uh, whether it was the the main three or eric or any of the guests i think they even had mr Dressup on there a time or two the the adults in these shows treated the kids like equals and they didn't talk down to them and you know, they were sensitive to the kids' needs. That's an, the thing I really liked. Was I'm not saying that my parents were bad or anything. It's just I didn't know any kid-friendly adults growing up. Right. So it's just I like the fact that they treated the kids just as kids, and they weren't they weren't mollycoddling them or anything, and they weren't like, no, don't do that. You're not wearing a helmet. You know, they're not like today's parents where they're way over protective and stuff like that so yeah I, and really the and again like i said the music it was just a lot of fun to sit and listen to these songs i don't remember if i sang along probably not but
1: <laughs> um well i'll get into the music here in one second uh i think one thing kind of we touched on a little bit was the format and the non structure of it um i enjoyed that because it made the half hour go pretty quick um, I like that they just kind of stroll right from one scene into another scene, but there is things that connect possibly throughout the episode, but there's just little songs thrown in there. And it just seems like, you know, there's not pacing wise, they don't miss a step. Like it goes right from one thing and you're still thinking about the story that's kind of going through the whole episode. But while you're doing that, you're going to entertain by a song here or a little gag here. Um, so even though there's kind of an overarching continuity within an episode, they move it along and have enough segments that it feels like it's just one seamless, quick thing. And yet, like you said, they don't have the same structure every episode. Yeah. So it doesn't get old.
2: Well, there, there, there's a flow. Like there, there, the, the episodes just flow almost seamlessly from right. beginning to the end without it, without it, without having too much structure. I mean, there is a certain amount of structure you know, you are got to have, like, this, these jokes here. I'm sure there was a lot of thought going into that, but there wasn't, like, this rigid... With the Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
2: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, you have this segment here followed by this segment followed by this joke followed by these songs. Repeat. It just it just flowed.
1: Right. Um, and of some of those segments in there, there's a couple that I, I kind of appreciated that they threw in most, most episodes. I'm not saying that they're in there every single episode, but one uh, was that they would at one point go to a song that was from the from an actual concert a lot of times Um, from an actual Sharon uh, Lois and Bram performance somewhere, which was kind of cool because you could see, like, when the camera was on the audience, how the audience was reacting. You could see them on a bigger stage. So it wasn't like, oh, we're just doing this for the TV show on a TV set. But we do this. Like, we do this in real life. We're on stages for, you know, hundreds or thousands of people. And, and, you know, this is how that looks. Maybe you can't attend one of these in person, but you can get a glimpse as to what that would be like. Yeah. Um, So I liked that. And uh, the other thing was the recurring Eric Nagler segments where – I'm not sure if I'm remembering this 100% right, but I'm pretty sure there was a recurring theme for him to show us how to make music or musical instruments out of a variety of things, whether it be household items. Uh, you know little junk things that you can pick up or or different random things that you could put together to uh create your own musical instrument or stuff like that, and that was fun because it was stuff that you could then try your own, see if it worked like that, or just kind of cool things that you could learn
0: um
1: so I like that segment as well oh yeah um you know I saw one today where he was uh he basically made his own tuba um you know, they they would show different things with kazoos or just, you know, he had a, I can't remember what it was called, like a lip or a mouth uh, violin type of thing. Not really a violin, it was like a mouth thing. I don't know what it was called, but you basically put it in your teeth and you could pluck it and uh, and make noise. Um, so, I mean, he would, he would come up with these just random things that he would say, well, I got this from the bathroom sink i got this from the garage blah, blah blah and put it together and it's a trombone or something like that and you're like what um so it's kind of like the cool little musical macgyver i guess you'd call it uh that i enjoyed with that um and getting back into like the music that you said i would think for me listening back the music was both the good uh part of the show and at times Possibly some of them were, I guess, you could see as bad. Um, maybe more so looking back. Like not all music is made equal, yeah. um, and some songs are really cool, really catchy. Some songs are kind of like, yeah, that's kind of lame. Maybe that's the adult, you know, kind of looking back at it. But I do remember um, from, and this is not from rewatching any episode because I didn't see an episode which had this part. But I do have a, a, a specific memory um, from my childhood of. Uh, do your ears hang low um that song done on this show now obviously that's a famous song you've probably heard it in school or you heard it in multiple things but i specifically remember it from the sharon lois and bram show when they did that at some point um do your ears hang low do the wobble tune throw um you know can you time in a knot can you time in a bow type thing i remember that song there's some very catchy songs like that who ate the cookies from the cookie jar um Not to mention, obviously, The Skin of Marinky Dinky do. Um, So there was a lot of songs that were really catchy that really stuck with me personally. And then there's some probably just as many songs that I could just throw away and and be done with. But that didn't take away the fact that it was musical and it was still fun when you were watching it probably as a kid. Um, So those are some of the things I was thinking. Anything else that you thought or reactions to those things or anything else that you thought were good or bad? I guess the ugly could be the 80s uh, clothing.
2: Eh, I try not to judge a decade by their clothing. I mean, when I was a kid in the '90s, I had steps shaved into the sides of my hair. So, uh, I think the bad there's uh, there were some jokes or skit bits I probably didn't like as a child. I know there was this one on one of the episodes I watched where they're like, well, how do you spell Sharon? It's Sharon, Bobarin Bobabba. That like, it's just as a child, if you can follow along to something like that, you're a genius. Right, but for me, it's like there are certain gags just didn't play. I mean, the '80s fashion—well, we'll make of that what you will. Uh, there wasn't really a lot of bad, and definitely no ugly stuff for me. It's just, you know, maybe there was the odd song that I didn't like, as a child, the odd joke that I didn't quite get. But other than that, uh, not a whole lot of negative things to say. No, I just, I'm
1: with you on that one.
2: Like, like we've said before, we'll say
1: it again. You,
2: you can't watch the show and not smile, like, or, 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 or get you know, you get that warm feeling in your heart, you know. So,
1: hopefully, if you have one. Um, <laughs> and for the first time, and uh, again, a long time, we're going to move into uh, our next segment, which is. Things that make you go, hmm. All right, we have a whole bunch of things that might make you go, hmm, about The Elephant Show. You know, we don't have a lot for who's who um, or some of the inside stories, uh, maybe behind the show, uh, because not a lot is out there. But we do have some interesting trivia tidbits and things you might not know about the show. Number one, in 1993, a panel of experts at TV Guide rated The Elephant Show the number two program for preschoolers in North America. 1993, number two program for preschoolers in North America. That's uh, coming from the Canadian show here.
2: That's pretty good. (laughs) I mean, that's a hell of a feather to have in your hat.
1: Right, uh, for sure. Um, And kind of going along that, uh, flipping this around a little bit, but number two, uh, during its run on the American Pay TV channel, uh, it ranked number two on TV Guide's top ten of children's programs. Beating Sesame Street, which was number five, and Barney, which was number nine.
2: Okay, I'm going to say that first one, Beating Sesame Street, point, five points to you. Beating Barney, it's not that hard.
1: Hey, I don't know what number one was that it that it ranked on TV Guide's top ten of children programs. I guess I should have done the research to figure out what um, beat it. Probably Blue's Clues or something. Yeah, something like that. So, uh, But The Elephant Show, coming in at number two, for all of you people that don't know what it is, TV Guide is ranking it above Sesame Street and Barney, um, which obviously each had their different times where they've been popular or not popular. Um, Number three thing that you might not know, by the time the final rerun had aired, The Elephant Show had aired 65 episodes in five seasons and had been viewed in Canada, the United States, Ireland, Australia, Japan, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Singapore, Greece, South Africa, and Great Britain, which means it reached over 100 million viewers. That's uh, Damn. kind of a far far reaching grasp of, of, of where it was shown, where it had impact. Um, you know, just a simple show with three kind of folk musicians, um, you know, from Toronto and Chicago getting together and having the ability to reach over 100 million viewers.
2: Yeah, and, and definitely, I don't think any of them would, definitely they hoped the show would be successful, but I don't think any of them thought they would, you know, get, like, they probably looked at those numbers at some point
1: and just, we did good. Yeah, we did good, guys. Um, after the series ended, Eric Nagler starred in his own series called Eric's World, produced by the same uh, producer of the Elephant Show, Cambium Productions. Um, I Maybe some people out there will remember Eric's World. Maybe some people will not. Um, but that happened. So if you liked Eric Nagler from the Elephant Show, he had his own show.
2: Huh.
1: I might have to look um, that up on YouTube because I
2: did not know Eric. Uh, well, I'm not saying he didn't work after The Elephant Show. I just, I didn't know
1: he had his own spinoff, so. Right. Um, number five thing you might not know about The Elephant Show, the White House annual Easter egg, Roll and Hunt, in 1994, featured Sharon, Lois, and Bram. The trio performed at concert in the Ellipse and were invited into the White House to have breakfast with Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton um, in, in the conjunction with that annual Easter egg, Roll and Hunt, in 1994. Um some political trivia for you, I guess.
2: Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a pretty, that's up there on the cool stuff you've done in your life. It's like made a team, yeah.
1: successful TV show, recording artist, met the president. Had breakfast with the president. Um, number six thing you might not know about The Elephant Show. In 1995, the song Old John Brattlem, which was on their 1978 album, One Elephant, Deuce Elephants, appeared in the feature film Billy Madison starring Adam Sandler. So one of the songs from their albums uh, apparently must have been uh, heard by Adam Sandler. He included it in Billy Madison, or somebody did. Um, so oh, I'd pop have to culture, look that up. pop culture reference there. Um, and number seven, thing that you might not know about The Elephant Show, and I guess this goes hand-in-hand hand since we have already covered this show on the Telecast Season 1, uh, Sharon Lewis and Bram all appeared in about uh, five or six episodes of today's special.
2: That was the one with the... Black lady who worked overnight in a department store. And with the mannequin that came so, to life. So it was, okay, so, yeah, it was basically a kid's mannequin.
1: Yes. and uh, um, no kid to that, that was a great show. At Chris from uh, Chicken Fot Pod was on that episode with me, so you can go back if you don't remember today's special and, and listen to that one as well. Um, obviously, they were being produced and airing kind of in conjunction with each other, so they made a little crossover appearance. So those are all things that you might not know about Sharon Lewis and Bram's The Elephant Show. Um, which means it's time for us to be, pretend like we're VH1 and uh, to answer the question, where are they now? Um, you would think after reading some of those statistics about how many people you know, saw the show, how high it was ranked by TV Guide and different things, you know, having breakfast with the president, etc., that there would be a lot of information about the elephant show out there. There would be information on all Sharon, Lois, and Bram that they'd each have, you know, some Internet pages or a big Wikipedia page or something. Um, but there's really not a lot about this show out there. Um, we'll no. get into how you can watch it here in a little bit. But as far as finding out what these individuals are doing right now, I don't have a lot. You're going to have – I know you have a little tidbit that we're, I'm going to toss to you here in a second. Um, the most I can find that uh, they continued as a group. Um, you know, we, t- we said that the show basically was from 84 until the mid-90s there uh, in reruns. And uh, apparently they stayed as a trio. They performed at a lot of different functions, events, uh, charity-type things, um, benefits. In in the year 2000, um, after the death of her husband, um, Lowenstein retired from touring with the group, so the lowest portion left after 2000, and then they continued to perform, Sharon and Bram continued to perform as Sharon, Bram, and Friends, um, with uh, animal-sized, life-sized animal puppets appearing alongside them, not necessarily just an elephant, but could be other um, animals, so it became Sharon, Bram, and Friends, Um, but at times, Lois will uh, record with the group or, or show up for certain benefit shows. Now, that was as of 2000. Um, I haven't been able to find much about what happened after that. I know one of the other ones had a spouse that died as well since then. Um, obviously, they're probably not performing as much. Uh, you did have one instance where uh, there was a sighting of one of these members, though.
2: Yeah, so uh, just quick aside. For the folks that don't know, there's a subgenre of rap called nerdcore where uh, the performers' uh, lyrics in their tracks are derived from stuff, their love of video games, comics, and such like that. There's a Canadian nerdcore rapper named Word Burglar, and on the music video, I told Kevin this before the show, on the music video he shot for a track called Rhyme O'Clock, uh, had a cameo from Bram, which I thought was uh, really cool, cause it, and it's specifically in the track, it's like Sharon Lois and Bram, and then there's Bram, you know, just waving at the camera kind of thing. It, just, it was blinking, you'll miss it, or sort of thing. I just thought that was really cool. I was like, that was Bram. Like, holy crap.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And the fact that you saw that uh, is awesome as well. So if anyone has any other information about where these uh, fine people are today, uh, let us know because I can't figure out much more about them um, other than that, uh, what you just said about that appearance and some of the other little um benefits that they've done in the last 10 years. Um, okay, so this is the point of the show where we take a quick commercial break. You'll hear some uh, ads from some of the other Geekcast Radio shows um, and some important information, and we'll be right back
0: after the break. Aaron Lois and Bram's Elephant Show will be right back after these messages. Hey, Tara Strong here, and you're listening to the Geekcast Radio Network. Hey everybody, it's Optimus Solo from GeekCast Radio Network's new show, The Telecast, with some important information on our theme song contest. The rules for this contest are pretty simple. In Season 1 of The Telecast, we'll be covering 33 classic kids shows from the 80s and 90s. Obviously, all of these shows had theme songs, which sometimes can be the most memorable part of a show. This contest is going to test your memory on those theme songs. How is that, you may ask? Well, because we have taken 32 of those classic theme songs and smashed them into one three-minute clip. Your job is to identify the order in which these 32 shows appear in that three-minute clip. Also, you must be able to identify which one of the 33 shows was left out of the clip. Some of the shows should be fairly easy for you to identify, while others may be a bit trickier. For a list of all the shows in Season 1 and more information on the contest, visit the Telecast page at geekcastradio.com. Also, remember to tune in to every episode of the Telecast because each episode will contain that show's theme song in its entirety at the beginning of the show, as well as the three-minute contest song towards the end of the show. This has been Optimus Solo from the Telecast saying good luck and happy listening. Everybody knows an elephant never forgets, and neither do Sharon, Lois, Bram, or Nick Jr. We know how much you like The Elephant Show, and so we're bringing you more of the stuff you like. There's a whole trunk full of songs and adventures, and all of your friends will be there too. Does your chewing gum lose its flavor on the bedpost overnight? So settle in and watch Sharon, Lois, and Bram's Elephant Show on Nick Jr. Hey guys, it's Optimus Solo from GeekCast Radio Network's The Telecast, coming to you with an important message about our Listener's Choice episode. That's right. For the first time in GeekCast Radio Network history, we are giving you, the listener, a chance to choose the topic in one of our shows. This is how you can cast your vote for what the topic should be. Head on over to geekcastradio.com and click on the Telecast tab at the top of the page. Once there, you can find our complete Season 1 schedule with all 35 episodes. Please look this over, because we would hate for you to cast your vote for a show that is already on our schedule. Once you've done this, just scroll to the section titled Listener's Choice and click on the Comments button. All that's left for you to do now is to cast your vote through a comment For example, you might say, Hey, I see that Nick Arcade is not in your Season 1 lineup, so I'd like to cast a vote for Nick Arcade to be the Listener's Choice episode. It's that simple, so please go cast your vote for your favorite show and stay tuned for Episode 34 to see which show becomes our very first Listener's Choice. That does it for now. This has been Optimus Solo from the Telecast. Thank you. This has been a
2: production. And now, back to Sharon Lois and Bram's Elephant Show. on Nick Jr.
1: Thanks for staying with us, everyone. And you may be wondering, how can you watch this show now? Um, to the internet. Unfortunately, unfortunately, you don't have a whole lot of options about this at all. Um, DVDs, not available. I did find a website that claims to have some DVDs out there. I would not uh, trust that because officially there has been no release, even though there are apparently some bootleg copies of some type of probably very low quality DVDs out there. It's not available on Netflix or iTunes or Amazon or anything like that. Your only option right now to relive any part of this show, if it's something that you think you might have remembered or you want to take a look, uh, would be the YouTube uh, venue. Like you mentioned, there's at least three uh, episodes on YouTube, um, maybe a variety of some other clips and some other individual songs that they did on the show, but you can see at least three full episodes on YouTube, and the quality is is decent. for, you know, 1984 type type of situation. So, unfortunately, your only option is is the YouTube avenue for how you can watch this show now. Yeah. And
2: should mention, we did mention in the show there quick, but the other thing is they did have a second series came out for only a couple of years called Skinamarink TV. Uh also a f- episodes that are available on YouTube if you want to check that out. It's a little more structured as we were talking about how there wasn't a whole lot of structure or more flow with the elephant show. So there is that available too, if you want. And it's sure it's, I thought that was just really cool that, you know, they, they kept it going for as long as they did. You know. Yeah,
1: I, I do too. It was on for a while, um, even though it was, uh, I guess only sixty five episodes. If, if you're used to cartoons, that doesn't seem like a lot. But for a live action show that was not playing, you know, seven days a week, that's that's a good run. Um, and it ran in reruns for all, for a long time, so it definitely had its uh, its, its good little run at things. Um, All right, so you can check out YouTube, and uh, this is the point of the show where we kind of give you our ratings as far as what we thought about The Elephant Show. Um, Currently, we have, for season one of the telecast, we're still working on a uh, four-scale rating. Um, The first, if we give it a one, that means it did not appeal to us then, it doesn't appeal to us now. Two would be, we loved the show back in the day, but we have no desire to watch it ever again. Three would be, I love this show, and I still watch it whenever it airs on TV or I want to look it up on YouTube. And four would be, if it was possible, I would own this show on DVD or Blu-ray. So, JT, where would you place The Elephant Show amongst that scale? Uh,
2: See, this is, I'm going to say three, but I'm going to alter the places. I love this show, and it holds up, but I don't watch it if it was still on TV, so, I'm right. going to give it a solid three. I would, you know, if I had kids, I would, you know, maybe rate it like three and a half that, you know, I'd get the DVDs for my kids to watch because this, right. is, this
1: is a quality show. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, I would I, I would say I love this. Sh- I, I did like the show back in the day. So, that would be, you know, kind of in the two, three range. Um,. I don't think I would necessarily watch a lot of it if it was on um, I'm not I wouldn't be afraid to check it out here or there or listen to a song or something like that um, but I wouldn't necessarily watch it all the time on TV if it was still airing. so a kind of a very low 3 for me a very high 2 um, it's worth a watch it held a specific place in time I wish there was a modern-day version of a show in this type of style or to fill this space that I would be in favor of a modernized version of something like this um, so I'd kind of go, yeah, I guess uh, a very low three with mine. Um, all right, anything that you uh, didn't get a chance to say or anything we missed or any corrections that need to be made for The Elephant Show, JT? Uh, I
2: just, like, looking at uh, some of the links I had here, one thing I forgot to mention, like, there was the skimmering show, but you, you look at, like, you talked a little bit about some of the personal tragedies that, you know, hit the group, like, you know, Lois losing her husband, Mm-hmm. Same thing happened to Sharon. But I was looking in this uh, one blog, uh Pop Culture Addict Life Guide. Uh, apparently, Sharon f- had and kicked the ass of can- breast cancer three times in her life. Oh, jeez. I was like, damn, that woman's tough. And, that's impressive. Yeah, and also like when she lost her husband, that's when Lois toured again. You know, in order to let Sharon uh, deal with her grief. And Bram uh, had, uh, you know, he's he had taken uh, in the, mid, the mid-aughts, the you know, the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. He had retired for a little while just to deal with uh, some hearing loss. It turned out he had a benign tumor. Uh, and gotcha. one side he had, you know, he underwent uh, surgery to deal with that to prevent further hearing loss. And it's just the fact that these people, they've gone through all this... Like really hard stuff, hardcore stuff in their life, but they've never stopped being who they are. Like they're still touring, they're still entertaining and educating kids wherever they go. And uh, in, also in 2002, Sharon Lois and Bram were given the Order of Canada, which is, uh, as it says in this article, it's doubly special for Lois, given that she's American-born and she's one of the only non-Canadians to ever receive this award
1: very cool. Chicago representing. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I would like to thank JT for being with me today, and of course, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us here on the telecast. If you want to leave us feedback on the show, there are a couple main ways to do this. First of all, go to Geekcast Radio Dot com where the episode will be posted. You can comment on it, get in on a discussion right there on the web page, and you can browse the site and maybe find some other podcasts that you may or may not be interested in, as well as finding all the old episodes of the Telecast, episodes 1 through 30. Second, you can uh, write our show and leave us feedback in iTunes. It's been a while. We have a lot of good feedback on iTunes, but you can uh, make some more modern uh show ratings and leave that for us there. If you want your comments to be a part of a future show, call the voicemail line 502-526-5821. Just leave us your name and uh, make sure you say that you're leaving a message for the telecast. Um, if you want to keep up to date with all things GeekCast related, the best way to do that is to become a fan of us on Facebook by going to uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash GeekCast Radio Network, where TFG1 Mike will keep you updated on every new blog, podcast, or any type of newsworthy thing that's going on at GeekCast Radio. Network. All right. So that does it for now. We hope we succeeded in entertaining you, informing you, and most importantly, unleashing the geek in you on this episode of the telecast. And we hope that you will tune in for our next episode when we will look at another musical live-action kids show from back in the day, that being Kids Incorporated. For now, I am your host, Optimus Solo, with... G.T. from Saskatoon. And tune in soon for another episode of the Telecast. Discover this.